Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, Andrea here. I'm the author of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. And I always say, I wish we were meeting under totally different circumstances, but Otherwise, I'm so glad that you found us. I'm so glad that you know that you're not alone, that there are so many people in this world that are touched by addiction and not in the best possible way sometimes. So I am welcoming you here. I know it is a really hard thing to navigate and we're here to help you struggle well. And that is what I'm devoted to do. I went through this myself and it was the hardest thing ever. And I even have training in positive psychology and uh, resilience skills. And to be honest, it was the hardest thing that I've ever gone through. So you are not alone. We are here. If you haven't joined our private Facebook group, I really encourage you to go over there and join us on Facebook and even on Instagram. And it's saving you is killing me, loving someone with an addiction all around. So we'd love to have you there. Okay. So today I'm talking about something really funny is that I often felt like loving an addict was like being like I was being with a cheater, that, that, that he was cheating on me and he was cheating on me with drugs. And so I thought that this would be a really neat episode. Now, if your addicted loved one is your child, you're still going to get a lot out of this episode because we're going to talk about why it feels like that. But then we're also going to talk about the emotions that come up when you feel like you've been betrayed, when you've been, when there's been in, infidelity. Um, and then we're going to talk about wonderful coping strategies. So either way, you're going to get a lot out of this episode. So let's jump right in. So loving an addict is like being with a cheater. (laughs) Now, getting cheated on is and can be the most devastating and damaging thing in a relationship. So you can see the problem here, right? So it can lead to emotional distress. It leads to anxiety. It can lead to depression. And science has even shown that it can cause actual physical pain heartache is real. So people who have experienced infidelity uh, report feeling betrayed, losing trust, feeling sense of rage or anger. And also it can be really damaging to self-esteem. So you can see here the connection, right? And, And the very definition of cheating is actually dishonesty or unfairly it's like an unfair gain, a gain or an advantage. Like you do something that's unfair or you act in a dishonest ways to gain an advantage. And cheating in relationship is basically an act of being unfaithful or, you know, to a spouse or to a partner. So it typically is all about that they're engaging. Typically, you know, cheating is about engaging in sexual relationships with a person other than your significant other. But you know what? Loving someone with an addiction is like, like 
your spouse is cheating or it's a cheating partner because they're, they basically are increasingly never around. They are dishonest and secretive about everything that they do. And they prefer to be with that other person or quote unquote drug of choice. (laughs) And so I laugh because it's so crazy. The parallel, um, here, right. It's like, it's, it's literally like they are cheating on us with drugs. Um, and so they're also getting their own needs met from something else, from someone in cheating is from someone else, but in when it's in relation to drug, it's like their drug of choice. They're cheating on us with their drug of choice. And they're basically emotionally unavailable. They're distanced, they lie and they hide, you know, their acts. It's secretive. So you can see, right? Cheater. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so then you think about that expression, you know, once a cheater is always a cheater. And and that sounds so familiar when you love someone with an addiction, it goes around on that merry-go-round. They promise they won't do it again and that they'll be better. And then, you know, these are all empty promises and actions actually speak louder than words. And so you can see the connection, can't you? Isn't it crazy how the parallel is there. So it makes sense that we feel devastated by our partner's addiction. It makes sense that we feel betrayal from our partner's addiction. It makes sense that we feel anger, like all these emotions, because it's almost the exact same thing as the betrayal that comes from them cheating on us. And so it's amazing because when you look up the different types of infidelity or cheating and you know, there's, there's physical infidelity. So the physical or sexual connection outside, you basically, they have a connection outside of the relationship. You know, there's emotional infidelity, which is attachment or intimacy with another person or quote unquote drug of choice. Um, and they have secret spending and secrets and they're maybe deleting texts or hiding things from you. And that is, is 100% what goes on when you love someone with an addiction. So sometimes people talk about relationships of the infidelity in relationships as being the equivalent, get this, being the equivalent of a life loss or of grievance. So the impact that it, that infidelity in relationships can have on a relationship, it has the same effect. It can have the same profound effect as a life loss or a grievance. So psychologists has, have talked about this, that basically we have an, a tendency to move through these stages of grievance and loss. And so when we experience the pressure of infidelity, or in our case, you know, it feels like the addicted loved one is cheating on us, which has the same impact, we move through the same stages of grief, of loss. And some of those stages are shock. We usually are shocked, like when we find out about the addiction, we're shocked when we um, you know, find out about certain behaviors. And then we might be in denial, like, hmm, is there a problem here? Or you know, what, what's going on here? I'm not like, you know, and and looking for fact finding, going on that fact finding mission to, to really explain like, do they really have an addiction? Do they have a problem? And then anger, we go through anger, frustration, like what the frig, like what is going on? How come you are, you know, in our brains, we say, how come you're choosing drugs over me when we have such a nice life together? I don't understand. Like there's just so much anger or just being stolen from manipulated and all those things. You can see all these emotions right? And then we tend to blame. We're like, you know what? We just, there's blame all around. They blame us. We blame them um, for their problem about choosing. And then the other thing is bargaining. We try to say, please,
please, like, you know, like, let's save this relationship. Like, um, we try to bargain with them so that they'll stop using and that can lead, that's depressing, right? We go on that miracle round, we go on the miracle round, the roller coaster, and then it's, you know, empty promises and then actions speak louder than words and they promise away. And that can lead to depression actually. And then the final stage of grievance or loss is this acceptance. And so you can see, it's crazy that we go through all those same emotions, this parallel emotions of someone that would be experiencing a grievance or a loss or infidelity in a relationship. So uh, it's just crazy, the parallel. I knew I had to do a podcast on this. So now if loving someone with an addiction is like cheating, how do we cope with it? How do we cope with being cheated on? And I thought this was so amazing because I... I connected with a few psychologists and I talked to them about, you know, how, how do we cope with cheating and how does one cope with cheating and what are some great suggestions? And what's crazy about it is it's basically the best things that we can do when we love someone with an addiction. So let's jump into it, right? We're going to look at all these things that we can apply, that we can do, that we can help ourselves when we are dealing with infidelity or our addicted loved one. So let's jump in. So here are some of the strategies. So the first thing to remember is that you are not at blame. So just be honest with, you know, what's going on. Um, be honest with yourself. Addiction is powerful. Addiction changes the brain. It literally changes the way that um, the addicted loved one receives pleasure or registers pleasure and it corrupts their normal drives. So it is not about you. Uh, it's not that they're choosing that over you once the addiction has taken hold. So please, please, please know and remember that it's not about you. And and some, I think they're even in infidelity, um, some of the relationships that you have that, um, a lot of people think it's because of them. Am I not sexy enough? Am I not pretty enough? Am I not fun enough? Am I not? Okay, you need to stop all that because the reality is it's not about you. It's not you. So be honest with what's going on. Addiction is messy. It's powerful and it has a huge play on the brain. So it is not about you. Don't you're you are not not sexy. You are not not awesome. You are all those things and more. Okay, although I know it feels like that. All right, so the next thing is to accept that things are going to feel pretty terrible. It is terrible. It's devastating. Um, they have like basically paralleled that what we're going through when we love someone with an addiction to loss and grief and infidelity or cheating. And this is terrible. There are going to be emotions here. Like honor your feelings of remorse, honor your feelings of despair and anger or disappointment. Whatever is coming up for you, it's important to give yourself the space to have your emotions, to really prioritize self-compassion, permission to be human. You are human and this is hard. It's very challenging and, um, and really work through this acceptance, um, that these emotions are real, right? So, so that is one of the tips. Accept that it's going to hurt and that it does hurt and that it makes sense. You are human, right? Okay, so now we're going to move on to another one. So put yourself first. One of the best things we can do is to move forward with brutal honesty that you matter, that you care about yourself. You want to prioritize self-care and do things for yourself. 
Put yourself first. The second we take the the the, the focus off of our addicted loved one, we move it to ourselves. Um, this is really key. It's really important, and we need to put ourselves first and take care of ourselves. We've gone through. We're going through. We're gone through trauma. This is hard. The emotions that come up are parallel to grief and loss, and they're parallel to having someone cheated as if they've cheated on you. So it makes sense that this is really hard. So please, please, please take good care of yourself, put yourself first and get your own needs met, right? Figure out ways that you can get your needs met. Um, Maybe you go work out, maybe you do some yoga, maybe you go for walks or choose some healthy foods or, you know, so really get your needs met for yourself and keep yourself busy. The other thing that they suggest too is self-soothe. Figure out ways that you feel safe, that you can self-soothe. So whether that be drinking a nice, beautiful cup of tea, your favorite one, or burning some incense, or sitting by the fire, or lighting a nice candle, or talking to a, a special friend. How do you feel comfort? How do you bring about comfort in your life? And I suggest journaling this, you know, in thinking about possible ideas of what would bring you comfort, you know, having rubbing down your arms, maybe rubbing your forehead or, you know, taking care of yourself, luxuriating and putting nice body cream on, whatever it is, um, look at that and figure out ways that you can get your needs met and keep yourself busy and self-soothe, right? Okay. So another one is try to keep your cool. <laughs> I laugh because this one's so much easier said than done. Um, it's really hard to keep your cool when you feel like someone you love is basically cheating on you with their drug of choice. It doesn't feel good. It does not feel good. It's very challenging. It's very hard. So the idea here is to take space, give yourself the dignity of space, try to zoom out the lens and see the bigger picture of what is good in your life. So I always say, I and take some time away if you need to, or zoom out the lens or like, um, step away if you need to gain some space, um, just so that you can keep yourself cool about it and recognize that, you know, this is something that's going on for them and, and try, I know it's so hard. And I say this, try not to take it personally. Uh, addiction is messy and it is not about you. And I cannot emphasize that more. So just really Try to keep your cool, take your space and zoom out the lens and try and see the bigger picture of what possibly is good in your life for you and and grow those things. The other thing is to know your standards, right? Journal about your strengths, your superpowers, and not just superpowers, but your powers in general. So decide what is acceptable for you, what is not acceptable for you. Even take a line and put it down the middle of a page and say, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. Know your worth, know your standards, and this will really help you um, just grow that self-esteem and self-efficacy and make you feel stronger in yourself. And And also sometimes we make decisions out of fears. So just tap back into recognizing your strength, your worthiness, your standards. You know, what is it that that best friend admires about you? Write down that in your journal. Remember your power. Remember your value that you bring this world because sometimes we don't remember that, um, especially when we love someone with an addiction. So tapping back into that. 
Another wonderful thing to do is surround yourself with your tribe, with your squad. So looking for and connecting to all your friends or even support groups, right? We have the Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction private Facebook group for that exact reason. We are a whole community of individuals that have been touched by addiction and we all understand each other. We get it. So it's really important to connect with like-minded people or people that have experienced or are going through a very similar experience. They have a tremendous amount of compassion for you. Like I sit here and I speak from, you know, the knowledge that I've learned in terms of positive psychology and resilience training, but I'm also speaking from a place of experience. It sucks. It sucks, sucks, sucks loving someone with an addiction. And I understand. And so it's really important to surround yourself with not only your, you know, best friends from high school or wherever they are, your family members, but also people who can understand what it is that you're going through. So find your squad, find your tribe and talk it out. Talking it out is really important to surrounding yourself with people that make you smile, that make you feel good, that remind you of how amazing you are. So the other thing you can do is to take mini breaks and practice self-care. We touched on it a little bit, but mini breaks could be, you know, stepping away. It could be removing yourself from the situation. It can be even mini breaks of not even thinking about it. I don't know about you, but sometimes your brain can go off and worry and rumination, especially when you love someone with an addiction. So taking little mini breaks, like deciding, okay, you know what? I've got a worry jar. I'm going to put all my worries into that jar and then I'm going to spend some time where I'm worry-free and I'm just going to focus on me. And um, taking mini breaks can just be about deciding that you're not going to think about it right now and that you're going to distract yourself in a healthy, positive way to rebalance and enhance some positive emotions. And one thing that works really well is planning. So plan, plan, plan your schedule, plan your week, plan some fun, exciting goals for yourself, plan some habit tracking that you might want to implement and focus on you, right? Right? Take that time or take some you know, mini breaks away from that emotional turmoil that comes from what it feels like when someone's cheating on you with drugs. Um, so then another thing you can do is, is ask for help. Ask for professional help. Reach out to a coach. Reach out to a therapist, a psychologist. Um, sometimes we need that support. And really remember that you're not alone. So that is a wonderful list of suggestions of things that can help us when we love someone with an addiction. Loving an addict is like being with a cheater. So getting cheated on is one of the most devastating and damaging things that can happen in a relationship at times. And loving someone with an addiction feels a lot like that, which is devastating. So they're increasingly never around. They're unavailable. They're dishonest. They're secretive. They prefer to be with their drug of choice. You know, they're getting their own needs met and forgetting about yours. And they're doing that through their, uh, from their addiction. So thankfully we can use these, um, these, what the same things that we use for dealing with infidelity, we can use this as strategies, all those coping strategies that can help us, uh, when we love someone with an addiction so we can struggle well. And I love that word struggle well, because it's not pretending bad things don't happen, but amongst the struggle, we can, we can tap into to our resilience, we can tap into coping strategies and we can do our best with what we are given. So remember, this is not you. It makes sense that you have strong emotions. Put yourself first for a while. 
Create the space that you need for yourself. Know your worth. Surround yourself with loving people. Practice self-care and compassion. Rebalance those positive emotions with planning and habit and scheduling and ask for help if you need it. So that's it, my friends. I hope you got a lot out of today's episode and I have a wonderful episode coming for you next week as well. And if you didn't check out the episode right before this, I'm adding bonus guided meditations. I had people in the SYKM support group, our meetup, our community meetup. Um, They requested it. So I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And so that's what I'm going to start adding here so that you can have some resources that also support you for down-regulating your nervous system. So it's the episode right before this one. I'm so excited for you to check that out and and just relax with it and find that wonderful opportunity to just step away from the, the chaos of the outside world at times. So thank you, my friends. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.